Welcome to the We Date Modern podcast, a fresh approach to modern dating with clarity and confidence. I'm Chanel Dokun, a relationship expert trained in marriage and family therapy. Each week on the podcast, I'll be hosting a somewhat irreverent conversation about love, sex, and marriage from a Christian perspective. I believe healthy relationships are possible, but we have to create them together. Thanks for joining us. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the myth of scarcity as it relates to dating. And be sure to listen to the end because I'll be telling you how to grab a special resource that can encourage you as you walk through your journey toward dating. On today's podcast, I'm joined by Louise Nanchinga, and she's a good friend here in New York City that I've had a couple of conversations with about dating, and I'm just so happy to have her here today so that we can talk a little bit about her experience. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So, Louise, go ahead and kick us off. So, I am really curious what dating has been like for you recently. Like, if you had to just sum up what your dating experience is like here in the city, what would you say? Uh, well, the city's, the city's pretty challenging. Um, you know, I'm generally pretty open. You know, I'm, I'm open to dating, you know, lots of different people. I think, um, you know, I was in a relationship recently. Earlier this year was really, you know, pretty short, but it was really educational, I can say, um, in a really good way. Like, no hurt involved, just, like, really great lessons out of it. Um, but, you know, New York is, is interesting. It's a place where, you know, people come to make their dreams come true. People mm-hmm. are... Um, always looking for the best thing. So you think about even socially, right? If someone invites you to something, you're like, okay, maybe I'll go. Like you don't really commit to it in case something else better comes up because there's just so much going on in the city. And I feel like that um, combined with like technology has really bled into the dating um, field to make it pretty challenging. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, things are, it's not impossible. And I think mindset is really important when it comes to dating and really knowing that there are really great people out there. It's just like figuring out where they are and, you know, when to make it happen. Yeah. (laughs) Where they are. That seems to be like one of the biggest questions. Like, can we find them? Yeah. Um, I feel like that's one of the things I hear from women all the time, which is, you know, where are the men, right? Where can I find somebody who seems to be, you know, my mate? How can I find someone that I'm compatible with? Have you felt like you've had pretty good luck in terms of, being able to find, I guess, quality, and I hate to say that because it feels like I'm rating <laughs> yeah, them already, but yeah. have you been able to find guys to date, or do you feel like even that process has been challenging here in the city? It's pretty challenging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, okay, so in terms of, I, I mean, I would imagine when people say quality, they mean, you know, they have a job, they're, mm-hmm. you know, not a mass murderer, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Hi. I just want to point out that her high standards were have a job and he's not a mass murderer. So, yes, continue. But um, I think uh, what what becomes more of a challenge um, for me, and I know a lot of other women, is the faith aspect. Yeah. Um, When you're looking for that, it, it can be challenging. But even with that, I think, you know, I don't know, my my mind... My mindset is really important, and I feel like mm-hmm. God continues to tell me that. My, I do words of the year, um, and my word for this year is abundance. Ooh. And I realized that I had not been looking at dating in the realm and like with the perspective of abundance mm-hmm. and knowing that there are great people out there. And I think every now and then I'll just get a pop of like someone amazing. I'm like, oh wow! Like I totally forgot there are a lot of people out there. Like stop looking at everything with such a negative as like negative point of view. Um, 
you know, you kind of attract what, you know, whatever it is that you're putting out. And, and it's not a, like, power-positive thinking thing. It's just it's just true. It's, like, fact. So yeah. I um, I realized there are a lot of great people out there. I don't know where they are, you know what I mean? But right, I right. trust that when uh, the right one, uh, you know, so when the right time is there, it will, it will pop up. I love that. <laughs> I really do because, no, I mean, I... I really believe that one of the biggest lies of the enemy right now is this myth of scarcity. I yeah. think it affects us as a as a people on so many levels. I think when we look at like, you know, just even in America right now, the way that our country's going and the way that we respond to, you know, different types of people in terms of racism, things like that, when we respond to issues like poverty and um, access to different resources, and then let's put it in this more of the social space in terms of relationship. I think we are so tempted to believe that um, that the the options, the resources are scarce, that the men are scarce, that love is um, pretty impossible or unavailable, right. that there are like three guys that, you know, a hundred women have to buy for. Right. And I'm not saying that there aren't real obstacles when it comes to the numbers, right? But... I do believe that we serve an abundant God mm-hmm. and that he has more than enough for us. I agree. I think you hit on some great points. And I think, you know, if you want to add on, you know, the, 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 not just the faith aspect, but also being a black woman and all mm. the stereotypes that okay. come along with that. And, you know, what people say about you or what your character must be because of the color of your skin and people don't love you or whatever. Um, I think, you know it all comes down to who do you believe God is and what do you what do you believe that he says about you and what he has for you like I'm not here to participate in any lies that the enemy is serving me up to make me you know settle or um you know have a a negative perspective towards this like I'm just Mm -hmm. I'm just not doing it and I think it you know people end, end up settling for people that they shouldn't be with and I actually have a friend of mine who told me like Louise I settled in my marriage and I feel it and it's not good and she's just like I wish I hadn't have done that and you know I appreciate her honesty and her courage for saying that um and it continues to remind me you know like I always think about this like if I settle for somebody I'm like I can't imagine like right when I settle with him like I'll meet the person I'm supposed to be with and I'm like (laughs) oh my god so I'm like that just keeps me you know you know when it's right, and you know when you're settling, and I just, I'm not going to do it, and I just trust that God's going to give me some, some, someone amazing, so. Yeah. Wow, well, good for you. <laughs> I love that. Now, so tell us a little bit about um, kind of what's been inspiring you, or do you feel like you're kind of learning any lessons right now in terms of your dating experience personally? What's going on with you? Yeah. Um, I heard a clip recently it was like 30 seconds on, on Instagram from John Gray, Pastor John Gray, and he was talking about how women are the favor factor. And favor factor. Yeah, I was like, what? And, he's, and, and he, he cited the verse, you know, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And, you know, it's very specific language in there. And I think it's not saying that we're better than our husbands or anything like that, but it's more so, you know, that we have to recognize our value. Mm. And, you know, I think just along with kind of what we were talking about before with this scarcity mentality, sometimes we, you know, as women might be like, 
oh, I hope he notices me, I hope he sees me, I hope he likes me, oh, there's only, you know, one guy for 20 women in this church, oh my gosh, I hope I'm the one he chooses. And I think it's it's a really a different perspective of knowing your value and knowing that you're someone worth pursuing, mm. um, and and he will find you, you know, if he's the one that you're looking for, if he's looking for a quality woman, if he's looking for, um, you know, a wife, if he knows what you give him, um, in terms of value, I mean, it was, he even mentioned in the clip about how, you know, women, you give them a seed and they make a son, you know, and it's like, they're <laughs> not, she's not trying to, she's not looking at her belly, like, okay, how can I make his ears form and his head? It's just, that's just what happens. It's naturally inherent in who we are and, and, and what God has given us to do. And so like really, you know, I've been really inspired to approach, uh, relationships in that way, um, just knowing what I have to offer, not in a cocky way or arrogant, but right. just really confidently knowing what you bring to the table and, you know, allowing someone to pursue mm. in that sense. I think sometimes if we're in this operating the scarcity mentality where it's like, oh, I hope he notices me, um, et cetera, you can tend to do a little bit more pursuing than you should. You know, I'm mm. not saying girls can't reach out to guys. I think that's fine. But, um, you know, just doing too much. Just doing too much. Just <laughs> the doing too much just issue. Doing too much. Just let let him. You know, let him know you're interested, and then see what happens from there. But mm. um, I I think that was that's been a really great lesson for me. Yeah, I love this idea of you know starting to understand more of your value, understand that you are this treasure. I love the the favor factor. Um, I think that's. That can be really challenging for some women as well because, you know, I mean, look at you. You're like this, I mean, you guys can't see her right now, but Louisa's like this gorgeous woman, right? And she's got her stuff together, you know? It's like she's this accomplished woman. She's working in, you know, socially responsible investing. Um, And it's like this powerful woman who uh, I think maybe on some days it's very easy to go, hey, I'm a treasure. Yes, thank you, when I'm killing it at work or in the other areas of my life. Um, but it can also feel like there's this tension between I don't want to be too much. I don't want to think too much of myself or be, you know, um, because I don't want to discourage men from pursuing me because I seem to have myself together or I think I'm too much of a treasure or like I'm God's gift to, to men. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's super off-putting. Yeah. yeah. And it's just not, I mean, it's true, but it's not, you're not, you know, God did not create you to solve everyone's problems. You're not, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, yeah, I think you had a really interesting uh, topic because a friend of uh, a few friends of mine actually in a, in a co-ed group um, were discussing this a couple a couple weeks ago, and you know we kind of came into this, and a lot of men were suggesting this too. So it wasn't just women saying this. We were okay. talking about you know a couple women were like, "When why are guys intimidated by strong women? I don't understand." And the guys like, "Listen, if I'm completely honest, like." men like to feel dominant they Mm. like to feel like i'm making x amount more money than her i know that i'm smarter than her i went to a better school than her or like whatever it is and i think that there's this interesting um dynamic where men are, are sometimes getting their identity from the wrong thing you know and you know, things change all the time. Oh, you're, you're a woman might, you know, start off from the bottom and end up, you know, somewhere different. And, and 
you know, is that going to change your relationship because now you're no longer dominant? And I think for me, I'm really attracted to guys who know who they are, you know? I don't care what age you are. I met somebody recently who was super young, and he, like, had this confidence, and I was just, I was thrown, I was blown away by it, you know? And I felt like I didn't have my stuff together. I need to figure (laughs) out what I'm doing and, like, go and, like, you know, have a moment and come back, like, knowing who I am because the way that he was just so confident again not arrogance arrogance really turns me off but like it was it was just the way that we're supposed to carry ourselves and knowing our value and I think if you know someone is intimidated by a strong woman I feel like that's actually an indicator they're not the right person for me and Mm. I think you know it it might actually spew problems later on in life so I'm actually glad that that comes out and I'm not I'm not interested in that yeah Wow. Well, you've shared a lot of great things with us. I'm curious, um, and this is, you know, you you may not have uh, ideas for this right off the top of your head, but I'm curious how you remind yourself of your own value. Like, how do you remind yourself of your identity in Christ? How do you keep uh, believing that truth, that I am a treasure, and not allow other aspects of your life, um, you know, I guess your earthly life here to kind of consume you or to take over in terms of defining your identity. Yeah, I mean, for me, I am a, I'm obsessed with the Word of God. I, I don't, I don't know, I feel like it's not in the Word. I can't really take a lot of faith in that, mm. you know, in the sense that I just don't believe that the issues that we have in this world, they're too heavy. Mm-hmm. The only thing that can ha- handle the weight of the issues in this world is the Word of God. And so for me, I I stopped doing it recently, but um, not on purpose. It just kind of happened. But um, I really uh, started doing daily affirmations that were based on the Word of God. And um, it was long, you know, probably like 10 minutes at least every day. But I wow. think, you know, I was believing a lot of lies about myself. I was all over the place. I was just not, I was not in the great, great place emotionally. And so... You know, through therapy and all the different things, I started and listened to a lot of sermons, reading books, um, all these different things. I realized, like, the power of uh, daily affirmations. And I started doing that, and it really transformed a lot of what I think. And, you know, who you are in Christ does not change. Mm. You know, you might lose a job. You might, you know, break up with someone, whatever. Like, those things are all temporal. Like, who God says you are doesn't change. And so... I think for me, I need to constantly remind myself of those things that don't change. I love that. I love that. And that's something that we really care about here at We Date Modern. One of the things that um, we have on our website, if you go over to the podcast page uh, on our website, go to wedatemodern.com slash podcast, you can find this episode. And uh, there's a little space there where you can grab a it's, it's basically a download that will share with you some of those affirmations, share with you some of uh, the truths from Scripture, so getting back into the Word, um, just to remind you of your identity in Christ. And those can be things, I love your rhythm of doing that every day um, and just spending some time meditating on God's Word and saying, God, who do you say I am, right? Um, how have you called me, right? Um, let me lean on that as I move about my day and engage in relationships rather than allowing the world to start to define me. Um, Because I do think it is very easy to buy into those lies. And so we definitely want to make that available to you. 
um, that's a resource that I hope will be a blessing to you and something that um, if you do grab it, I would love to hear how that's impacting your life if you'd share that with us. Um, because it's definitely something that I know I've personally been blessed by, and it sounds like Louisa's had um, real, uh, her faith increased, I guess, by uh, leaning into those daily affirmations. Um, aside from the affirmations, is there anything else in terms of any great uh, sermons or speakers or things like that that you've been listening to lately that you might want to share with our listeners? Yeah, okay, so I'll do two things that seem maybe potentially unrelated, but in terms of just back on the subject of, uh, you know, your own personal growth and, and health and knowing your value, um, Crash the Chatterbox was Ooh. a really interesting sermon series by Stephen Furtick. I, I think it's really important to go into dating and relationships as emotionally healthy and knowing who you are independent of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Amen. She's it. like speaking, <laughs> speaking the therapist language. I'm like, hint, hint. Yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> So those, those lines can get really blurred if you don't know who you are and just can get codependent and terrible. So um, Crash the Chatterbox, I, I cannot emphasize how important that is and how, how, how critical that has been to my well-being mm-hmm. um, and just rebuilding my identity in Christ. Um, and then in terms of relationships and, and love, um, there is a sermon series on uh, from Hoboken Grace called The Love Project, I believe. I think it started in April. Um, I think we add a link to, to yeah. this. Um, incredible, incredible, incredible sermon series um, all about love and all different types of relationships. So um, really teaching about the love as Christ came to show us versus the love that the world offers you know you know he needs to make me feel this way I need to have these butterflies oh he doesn't do everything I want right away I'm gonna throw away you know all these like people you know especially with social media social what do they call it the apps dating apps yes um, you know people have started treating people as disposable Mm -hmm. and that is that is absolutely not how God wants us to treat um other human beings so who are his creation and they're made in his image so um that podcast is great and also includes a lot of really practical tips on conflict resolution in a relationship or even just with friends that have been incredible. I've used them and it is, I mean, it's just been revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I love that. Thank you so much. We will definitely link to those in the show notes so that you guys can um, access those podcasts and um, those sermons. And I just hope that they're a blessing to you. Louise, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. So yeah. exciting. I really appreciate you doing this for us all. Wow. So how great was that talk with Louise? I'm so grateful for her and just the vulnerability that she shared and the insight that she gave from her own personal experience. But before I sign off, I wanted to touch upon something that she mentioned in our talk from a psychological perspective. You can kind of consider this like a little bit of your free dose of therapeutic insight, right? I wanted to share it because I was thinking about this whole idea of scarcity mentality and how it affects so many women and men, um, men as well, and it's hugely impairing your ability to experience meaningful relationships. And so I just want to address it head on and make sure that I give you every little dose of help that I can. So in our talk, Louise had mentioned the law of attraction. And essentially what she was saying is that, you know, we get back whatever we put out into the world. 
It is part of her motivation for expecting abundance. Remember, she mentioned how the Lord had given her that word abundance for the year. And so she said, I'm going to actually expect that because if I expect abundance rather than scarcity in dating, my circumstances might actually change. Now, from a psychological perspective, the law of attraction is very akin to something that we call confirmation bias, right? Now, that's just a $20 term for a very simple truth, right? It means that essentially if somebody is has a confirmation bias, it means that whatever they believe to be true or whatever they expect as the outcome will tend to impair or skew how they behave. So that person might actually behave in such a way that they make that expected outcome become a reality. Let's make that super practical. So what does that actually mean? Well, let's use the example of say you were going to go and give a big presentation at your job and you thought, hey, you know, I'm totally going to botch this. I'm not a great public speaker. Um, I have, you know, people at my office don't really respect me. I'm not taken seriously. Maybe I work on a team of mostly men and I'm the only female and I just feel like I'm not going to do well. Well, when you actually go in to give that presentation, if you expect that you're going to fail in that moment, it might actually impact how you behave. So you might do things like be really flustered, right? You might start to like look away and not make eye contact with the audience, which might indicate to them that you're hiding something or that you don't really know what you're talking about, even if you totally do. You might do things like wring your hands or you might be sweating a little bit, all things that might indicate that you're really nervous. And that might be behavior that leads them to think that you're not as prepared as you are. And you might get so distracted by how nervous you feel that you start staring at the people that are that you're speaking to and you start to interpret their reactions to you as they don't respect you or they're not taking you seriously or they're doubting whatever it is that you're saying. And if you start to think that, you might actually start to get a little bit confused in actually what you're saying. You might get distracted. You might not be as clear. You might start fumbling your words and use a lot of ums, right? So essentially what you're doing is now behaving in a way that reflects the thing that you were most afraid of because it's what you were expecting. Now on the flip side, confirmation bias can actually work the other way in our favor, So if you went into that same situation, totally expecting that you're going to nail it, you're just going to kill it, you're the best public speaker that there is, you might walk in with your head held high. You might walk in and say like, yeah, I totally know what I'm talking about, no big deal. And you'll appear very nonchalant, which might make the audience actually be put at ease because they feel like they're in good hands. And so they tend to be more generous in what you're saying. They tend to believe that you are confident and you know what you're talking about, so they maybe lean in or they try to work a little bit harder to understand you, even in moments when you're unclear. That all might serve to make you think, yeah, look at them leaning in. They're, they're totally buying whatever it is that I'm saying. So yeah, I am killing it, and that might increase how you do. And at the end of the day, you might totally rock that presentation that you're giving. It all has to do with your perspective and the framing that you had going into it. So what does all this have to do with dating? Can't you see how critical this might be in your dating perspective or your dating experience? If you're approaching dating with a scarcity mentality, if you have that myth of scarcity driving how you make decisions when you date, you might end up actually experiencing more scarcity than in reality you need to experience. So you might be 
expecting, hey, there's nobody at my church that's really interested in me. So you don't even bother looking, right? Or maybe you're going on a date and you're like, I'm never going to find anybody who's interesting. So you actually aren't even curious about the guy that's sitting across from you when you're having dinner. You've already assumed that maybe his faith isn't that deep, so why even talk about church? So now you never bring up church, and it turns out maybe the whole time he was wanting to hear more about your faith. So it definitely impacts what your lived reality is when you have a certain mindset. So this is why I really want you to head over to the podcast page and grab that download that has those affirmations about who you are in Christ. It's so important to me, and you can grab it at wedatemodern.com slash podcast, because I want you to change your confirmation bias in your favor. I want you to behave in a new way. I want you to actually expect something different because you believe something different about who you are. I want you to believe you are who scripture says you are, right? Scripture puts it this way. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds, right? That's in Romans. So I want you to actually renew your mind by telling yourself a new story about who you are and about what you can expect in relationship. I know it works. I've seen it happen with my clients. I've seen it happen in my own life. And I really do believe it can happen for you. So grab the affirmations and I'll see you next week on the podcast. Be sure to leave a review for this podcast. If this has been meaningful for you, you can do that on iTunes or subscribe so you can make sure to get our next episode. And if you have a little time, head over to our website, wedatemodern.com, and you can go ahead and check out the podcast page, but also get a link to join our Facebook community, because I would love for you to be a part of a group of women who are all trying to go at this dating thing together. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode. Remember, We Date Modern is a conversation and we value your voice. So add yours at wedatemodern.com or shoot us an email at info at wedatemodern.com.